Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to another episode of the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and I've got with me my friend and co-host, Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. Good to be back with you. Ooh, my voice kind of cracked there, man. I it guess did. it's that time it of did. year where <laughs> voice, voices crack. <laughs> Good to be well, here, man. And we Well, it is sort of that time of year. We're closing in on Christmas. I know there's a lot of things going on at our churches. Um, What's the big thing there in hope? Oh, man. For us, it's actually tonight. So we're recording this on on a Thursday. And uh, what is today? The 15th, December the 15th. Tonight is our uh, Community Carol Christmas sing-along. It's our third annual Community Carol Christmas sing-along. And so in hope, uh, there is a little bit of uh, history uh, to to us in more than one way, but a, a man named Paul Klipsch, um, who was the pioneer in, I, I guess, what you would call Klipsch speakers, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm really I'm really outside of my element when I start talking about this kind of stuff. And so, <laughs> there's people out there that probably listen to this. Hey, check it out if you if you want to know. I mean, these guys, this this these speakers are sold all around the world. But anyway, we have a uh, what's called a Klipsch Auditorium, which is just kind of downtown, historic, and just really a, a neat feel. And so, for three years running now, we've had a uh, what we call a community. Christmas Carol Sing Along, where we invite other churches um, that have singing groups and bell choirs and all this kind of stuff. And then, of course, the community come in and we just have a big Christmas Carol Sing Along. And so it's anyway, that's tonight. And so that's the big thing that we've been kind of getting ready for. And uh, and so we're very excited about that. Well, here in Northwest Arkansas, it's much more segmented. I guess it's just the size of the community. We don't have anything that kind of we all rally around. I know that for my little family, we just recently went to the best Christmas pageant ever in a small little theater up in Bentonville called the Trike Theater. It's just, it was great. I was really impressed um, with these with these young people as they shared in little things like that. But I, I know I saw on social media you guys had a staff Christmas party. Yeah, we did. Did that make the nets? It did make the nets. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, we had we had a we had a good old staff Christmas party. Good food, good company. You know, one of the things that's important is that you celebrate with your with your staff, with the those that you serve with, and maybe it's it's your volunteers that you need to celebrate. And that can be a tricky thing because in small churches, if you celebrate one person, why aren't you celebrating the other? I I, I get all of that, but just be sure that even if it's just a thank you card. During this season, be sure you celebrate those people that are that you're serving with. Well, before we get to our, our topic today, and as we talk with Yolanda Merrill, we want to spend just a moment and thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. Central Baptist College is challenging, engaging, and inspiring. Uh, they've just wrapped up their fall 22 uh, semester. I know that because my daughter sent me her grade so that I could see. <laughs> uh, she was mostly happy with them. So 
but it is a great school. It's a place where your students can kind of figure out what's next in their life. They're going to learn about Christ, but they're also going to be learning all those other things. They have a number of four-year degree programs, and they can find out more information at cbc.edu. And so youth pastors, student ministry workers, if you have students that fall into that sophomore, junior, senior age, reach out to them, contact them. All you have to do is go to cbc.edu and you can share maybe an email address. I don't know if you want to share their cell phone number. That's a whole nother thing. But share an email address or a mailing address where the school can reach out to them and find out a little bit more about one another. And it's, a, again, a great place to check out. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about our students sharing their faith in some different ways. And we've invited uh, Yolanda Merrill to be with us. She was born and raised in the natural state. Uh, she earned her degree in broadcast journalism from Arkansas State University and spent five years as a reporter and anchor for KAIT in Jonesboro. In 2010, Yolanda began recruiting and advising students for the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. Now she serves as the Director of Audience Engagement at LifeWord and is the host of Mission World TV. Yolanda and her husband, Sean, live in Cherokee Village, spending their free time fishing on the river or with the labs and golden retrievers they raise. They are members of Highland Hills Baptist Church, where they serve on several committees and projects, most recently leading a class of middle schoolers. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here, guys. You've just taken on this role of working with middle schoolers. What's that look like? Well, honestly, it was really interesting. Um, when we started at Highland Hills, we started during COVID, which was a challenge in itself. And, oh, yeah. you know, you're getting to meet new people, but you're behind a mask the entire time. So now I'm meeting people all over again. I didn't know that that was actually them that I'd met before. So it was really interesting. But one of the things that we saw was that the kids, there are a few kids that are in our church. And because we're kind of a retirement community, kind of a smaller area, all the kids that are in our church, because it's not as many, they were all going into, into one classroom, one children's church. And so this would be kids who are like three or four years old with sixth, seventh graders, you know, something like that. So it was really hard to hone in on specific topics, really disciple the students when you have such an age variety that we're in there. And I know a lot of churches really kind of struggle with that. So I just volunteered to say, hey, I'll just take the kids out for a little bit and we'll start working through the Bible. So that was a lot of fun. So I had students who were, you know, around third grade to sixth grade. That's kind of the age range that we had. And man, it was a lot of fun. We had a, a really good time together and just kind of working through the Bible and and learning basics. You know, what is the Bible? Where does it come from? Kind of the makeup of what it is. And then we would go through each book of the Bible and we would kind of start this chronological Bible story. And the kids would get involved and um, man, it was really fun. And so every day they would come in, we would have a review and of course they got prizes, you know, during our review, but they, they really love the story about the spies going in to Canaan um, because they got to be the spies that day. So, you know, middle schoolers are cool because you can pretty much do whatever you want with them and they think it's awesome. So <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> Well, I know for us, we, we've had a similar problem. Our primary youth group time right now is, is turned into Sunday school. That's when our students are coming. Uh, but then on Wednesday nights, we've had several families that just haven't come back to that same rhythm. 
And so having a group meeting hasn't worked. So we have one of those kind of weird classes that goes from kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade. And I've got a couple of folks who have been in student ministry and children's ministry for years and years. And so they, they're they very adept at handling that and working with it. But it's a challenge. Um, and it's a challenge that a lot of us face in smaller churches. I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. And so just start by sharing with us how you came to know Jesus. So I grew up in a really small town uh, named Cord. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Cord before, but it's kind of close to Batesville. So if you know where Batesville is, then you might, Cord is not too far from there. But it's a really small town. And I grew up, my dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict. My mom uh, had not finished high school. So she worked nights most of the time at a chicken factory. Um, my grandparents were uh, in church, and so they would take us, you know, to church every once in a while, you know, as often as they could. And uh, my sister was really into it. She really enjoyed going. Um, she had a group of friends that were there, and I was a little more leery, I guess, of people. I wasn't as trusting of people, I guess you could say. But we kind of had this little group of friends that I had there at the church, and um, there was a revival going on. I think I was in the first grade, seven years old. And so there I was, and the preacher was talking about, you know, do you you don't want to go to hell? No, I don't want to go to hell. You know, that was kind of the thing. I'd heard about it. I didn't want it. So I knew who Jesus was. I just didn't really understand everything about it, but I knew I didn't want to go to hell. And that was that was the big thing. So I had a couple of little friends that were going up to the front to be saved. And I thought, well, I'm going with them. I'm going to be saved too, even though I truly didn't know what that meant. So I prayed the same prayer. You know, he kind of led me in a prayer and I prayed the prayer. And so over a long time, honestly, I thought I was saved. And, and, I, and I told people that. I claimed it for a long time. But there, there was, obviously, there was no fruit. There was no evidence of that in my life. I knew who Jesus was. I just didn't understand the the truth of it. So go down the road a little bit, and I'm a freshman in college. I just finished my freshman year, and I came home from school, and uh, I was at a church in, in Batesville at a Baptist church there, and I was with my brother. My dad and my stepmom were in the in the nursery, and they were working, and I'm sitting out there with my brother, and boy, I just came under conviction and I just knew exactly what the pastor was talking about. And I knew all of these things. And I realized, I felt he was talking straight to me. You know, I knew at that moment what it really meant to be a sinner and what my sins were costing me. And so I started to step, I was crying. I started to step out. My brother's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Where are you going? And I just went down to the front and I gave my life to Christ and I was baptized about a week later and I was super excited because I'd never really felt like I had belonged in a church. Mm. I never really found my place, I guess. And even in the world, I don't know that I'd ever felt like I belonged. I've been a, a part of a lot of different things, sports and every club you could think of, but I really didn't feel like I belonged. So I was excited about you know, somebody asking me to a Sunday school class or somebody inviting me to the the college group or whatever it may be. And I was excited. I was ready to learn. I wanted to know everything there was to know about Jesus, but nobody invited me. And I could honestly, for a long time, I, I used that as an excuse. So I just kept telling myself since nobody invited me, I was, believe it or not, I was kind of shy. So I wasn't going to just go on my own. I didn't really know anybody. And so I thought, well, I'll just kind of figure it out on my own. So instead of going to God's word 
what I should have done. I started just piecing together what I thought it meant to follow Christ. And I did that based on the lives of other people, people that I knew called themselves Christians, people that I knew claimed to be followers of Christ. And what I ended up doing was creating an idol and I didn't even know it. But here I was, I was, I was worshiping, I was following this God that I had pretty much just made up and I didn't even know it. And it wasn't until 2010, I was at Herman Baptist Church. My now husband had invited me there and it was kind of like, uh, really, that was where we went on our first date was to church. So that was exciting. (laughs) But I was in Sunday school class and I was just sitting there and they started talking about this topic and they said something about John the Baptist being beheaded. And I thought, I didn't know that. And then I started thinking, how much is in the Bible that I don't really know? And so I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to have to take responsibility for what I know and what I know to be true. I don't want to listen to what everybody else says because every time I would learn something new, it it would go against what I thought was true. So I started searching it out for myself. And so I did Faith Bible Institute. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. We had it at our church and it was awesome. And So I finished that. It's um, six semesters of college courses that teach you about the Bible and uh, theology. And it was it was awesome. I loved it. And then I started our pastor at the time was Sean Brandon and his wife, Janae Brandon. And uh, she just kind of took me under her wing and started showing me what it means to follow Christ. And she discipled me and allowed me to be with her as she taught these younger girls in our youth group and so I got to come alongside her and learn what that looked like. But so discipleship is a big part of my heart because, man, I, I needed that in the beginning and mm. uh, no excuses. I should have sought it out for myself. But anyway, that that's my story. And I've never looked back. It's a joy to serve the Lord. You know, as you look back on those high school years, it sounded like that that you accepted. Well, it didn't sound like you shared with us that you accepted Christ in college. And so uh, was somebody investing you in your life during those high school years? I mean, even if it wasn't someone in the church, was this, was there a person that you kind of looked at and said, Hey, that's my person. You know, it's really interesting because there were so many people that God had placed in my life along the way that were pouring into me in, in certain aspects. Uh, there was a, a young lady that was on our basketball team. So I played basketball. We really didn't have very many sports, by the way, at our school, but we played basketball. So, um, And her name was Leanne Anderson, and uh, she's now Leanne Bullington. They live over in Bologna, but she was, she was a wonderful, wonderful example of who Christ is. And so all throughout my junior high, high school, I mean, I could see that's truth. You know, I, I knew that to be true. So she she was one of those people for sure. And I had others. I had a best friend in high school. Her mom and dad pretty much kind of raised me. So like I said, my mom and dad uh, had several things going and some issues that were hard to work through. And And so I spent a lot of time at my friend's house, weeks at a time, just staying with her. And her parents uh, were very nurturing and, and, and pouring into me and and they would take me to church, things like that. So I definitely had those people. Those were the wearies, and I and I love them. And I still think of him as my dad, you know, my second dad. So there were definitely those great people who would who would pour into me for sure. But as far as that one person who really came alongside me, honestly, that wasn't until I was at Herman, and it was Janae. Well, I have to say, I know you. We've met in person. Basketball player is not the first thing I thought 
So <laughs> is it because I'm so short? That's it. Well, it, it might be that. Yes, no, it's the first thing. Hey, it's the first thing I thought of. I oh, mean, it I is. Like, okay. I, I was like, hey, she's a baller. I was like, I, I, <laughs> don't in the sixth grade, in my sixth grade graduation, I was trying to decide: Am I going to say? When I grow up, I want to be a WNBA player because at that time there wasn't a WNBA. So it was like, I'm going to be the first woman in the NBA, you know, whatever. Or <laughs> am I going to play saxophone for Michael Bolton? So it was like, I don't know which one. So, <laughs> but yeah, I did. I played basketball. Like again, I said, we only had eight girls on our team. It was really small. So uh, I was just fast. That was the main thing. I wasn't really good. I was just fast. And I would, you know, uh, my friend Tiffany and I were kind of like the Bash Brothers, you know. I'd foul out of every game, <laughs> but it was it was so much fun. And my first year of college, they they let me play basketball my first year because uh, I begged them, I guess. But yeah, so they let me play. Okay, so <laughs> hey Dan, hey, did you hear that, Dan? She's a collegiate athlete, <laughs> and you didn't see it, and I didn't see it. But I did not expect her to say that she was like one of the Bash Brothers. That really surprised me. Yeah. 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 Oh, those were fun times. My yeah. would make me hold a towel between my hands behind my back. So whenever I was guarding somebody, I, w- I would quit reaching in. Because <laughs> I just, but I'd always get the award for most steals or whatever. My grandma was real upset about that, though. She came to my awards banquet and I got an award for most steals, and she thought that was just morally wrong. <laughs> she didn't feel. Oh, it's funny. That's funny. I bet. I, I like. I, I'm starting to picture something now. Like if you were to go to a, and, and I'm sure you do, go to you know, some local high school basketball. I, I, I bet you're not sitting in the stands quietly. Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. And, I, I, and, you, and you can ask the guys over at the Baptist Trumpet. We had a good game night at one of the retreats. And I am very competitive, but I get really into it. In fact, my brother, he's four years younger than me, and so he was still in school. And so I go watch him play ball, and I'm sitting on the, the lowest bench closest to the court, and he gets a steal and he starts running down the court. And the next thing I know, I'm running down the court beside him. That's how ridiculous I was. And I caught myself and I thought, what am I doing? I gotta go sit down. Yeah. It was really embarrassing, actually. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yolanda, um, I know that you host the, the Mission World uh, TV program um, and shares about the BMA of America's mission program and things that are going on there. Um, I know that your husband, Sean, hosts another show for LifeWord. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah. So uh, Outdoors with Sean Merrill, he actually had an episode that came out today. So the 15th. And so he has an episode that comes out on the 1st and the 15th. And the idea is that, you know, everybody speaks a different language and his language is hunting and fishing. So (laughs) that's what he grew up doing. And um, so, in fact, in his senior year of high school, he had to be reinstated because he had missed so many days because he was out uh, trapping or hunting or fishing, you know. So it's just it's part of who he is. And um, he he loves it. So he wants to share that with others. So we uh, go out and we film some episodes. There's always some stupid, funny thing that happens you know and so uh we go out we film these episodes and he he talks about okay here's here's something that's going on in the outdoors some tips you need to know or here's a hunt that I was on and then we are able to use it as a devotional and kind of point people back to scripture and to life word and and we have a lot of fun doing it it's um 
there is always something last last year we did one about the greatest gift ever and he got these heated socks and so he had those on and then all of a sudden it started a fire in the hunting blind and he takes off running and so it's obviously all of that didn't really happen, but it was really funny. So anyway, <laughs> we have a good time. And, um, and I get to be the producer of that show. I do all the videoing and the writing and, uh, I send it in for the edits and he just gets to be the beautiful talent. So <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. He says, this is, what, this is how it all comes together. He'll say, okay, I got something really funny. Now what are we going to do with it? And I'm like, okay, let's think about this. And so we we come up with some fun ideas. So yeah, Outdoors with Sean Merrill comes out the 1st and the 15th of every month. You can see it on Facebook or YouTube or Vimeo, any of those things. Well, we'll include a, a link in our show notes so that people can check that out. I, I am curious though, you mentioned that you, you like to fish and of course your husband likes to hunt. What is your favorite thing that he might bring home or that you guys might bring home to enjoy as a meal? Well, I, I will say this. Uh, he's brought a lot of stuff in, and I am i don't know how to cook at all. <laughs> I have to look stuff up, you know, like how do you cook squirrel or, you know, things like that. But we eat about six to seven deer a year. So we don't buy hamburger meat, things like that. We just deer tenderloin. We Instead of burger, we use deer, and it's ground up. And so you, you would never know it unless you asked, you know, but anyway, it tastes just the same, but it's really good for you. So it's lean and so low in cholesterol. So it's really good for us. But so probably deer, I've cooked pheasant and rabbit, lots of rabbit. Thankfully, I haven't had to cook anything like possum or, or skunk or coon or something like that, you know, nothing like that. But <laughs> he has eaten those before. And so that's kind of a funny all I got to say is my inter, our international listeners are probably going, what in the world are they talking about? So oh, you know, <laughs> you know what? they might actually, you know, they may not have those animals, you know, in some of that's true, but, uh, but some of them, they might go, Hey, that, yes. Like that's really good. You know, who knows? <laughs> have you ever made, have you ever made the, uh, the age old coon and collards? No, I, I haven't. I have not. I have not had the pleasure. Well, maybe one, maybe one day, Sean, if you're listening to this, yeah. he'll, he'll tell me. He'll tell me that there's certain things that you know, like they just kind of taste greasy or you know something like that. And so some things I'm just not. I'm just not cut out for. I think so. I'm doing my best. Yeah. If uh, my rule of thumb is if the animal finds the bulk of its meals in a trash can. I don't really want to eat it. Yes. <laughs> I'd have to say the same. I, I would have to say the same. Yeah. I kind of have a, I kind of have a rule, kind of a guide that I go by like, okay, I'll eat this, this, and I'm not eating this, but I'll, I'll cook whatever he'd like as long yeah. as I have a recipe. So that's right. What about fish? Do you have a favorite? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, we, well, up here we have a lot of smallmouth fish. And so we right. live right on the South Fork of the Spring River. So I, we love fish. So, you know, bass or trout, if we are able to get up and get some of that, that's really good. So just, just a lot of really good stuff. We, we love fish over here. So the, we put in a pond and we put in some uh, bluegill and some, I don't know what all I put in it, but we're still waiting for those to grow. We think an otter has been getting in our pond and still in our fish. But anyway, we're waiting on those to grow so we can start having, you know, Friday fish fries or something. Well, Yolanda, we know that you work with LifeWord. Tell us a little bit about that, what you do there. So at LifeWord, I'm the director of audience engagement. 
And the idea with hiring me on was to create a, a, a way for LifeWord to continue what it's doing when it's always done, which is to share the gospel. And so to proclaim and to add to that, how do we go from that to also discipling? So proclamation and discipleship. So the Lord said to go and make disciples. So go share the gospel and then teach them. And like I said, discipleship is a big part of my heart. And um, I had shared that with Donnie several times, you know, different conversations. And he said, I've got something in mind for you. So we at LifeWord right now are creating a digital discipleship portal. And the idea is that people will be able to use this portal to, um, to go through in a video or text format, however they uh, need. And they'll be able to be introduced to what discipleship is. And then the kicker is when they finish, they'll be able to connect to a local church. And so we're building these kind of a database of churches that they can connect to, not just to connect and, and say, here's when their services are, but to be connected to, to begin discipleship. So they've already been introduced to what discipleship is. And then let's say that they connect to Highland Hills Baptist Church. We're going to make that one-on-one connection with their disciple maker, the person that they're going to go with. And so uh, they'll be connected with them and they can begin discipleship under them and continue there at the church. However, we know that there will be people who are joining and seeking out these answers and things like this online for a reason. And so they may not connect to a local church for whatever reason is going on. Uh, maybe they've been hurt by a church in the past, or maybe they're still trying to figure out what church is. So instead, what we do is we um, say, okay, you're not ready yet. Let us take you through an online discipleship time and let us invest in you. And all the while, we continue to encourage them to connect to the local church because we know that's where Jesus said that, hey, that's where it's happening. That's where he is going to to fulfill his great commission is through the local church. And so that's what we want to happen. So we're in the process right now with developers and getting this built. So the content phase is over. Uh, The videos have been recorded. That's with our production team. So in post-production, they're getting all that edited. But soon we're going to be rolling it out and we're going to be asking churches to come alongside us. Are you ready to disciple people? And if our churches aren't ready, hey, let us help you get ready. Let us teach you how to do that. Let us give you a good training program. And then the same thing with our youth pastors and then with our students. And the idea is that someone could take their phone and they could pull this up and they could walk somebody through discipleship. And the big thing about this is we want to connect them to a local church and it's doable. It's not a super, super lengthy process. We're not here to teach you everything there is to know about God and obviously, because we don't know everything about God, but we're, we, it's not going to be a huge lengthy process, but it's a way to get you started to where you can learn more and be prepared to take somebody else through it while you continue to learn more. Well, I know that you're currently in the development and pilot stage and you're working through some of those things. So as you, we get closer to a more broad launch, we're going to have you back on to talk about this program and how people can be involved with it and how that can be beneficial to student ministries. You know, one of the the things that we need so much, especially for the the small to mid-sized church with these volunteer, bivocational part-time guys and girls that are out there working and serving students, we just need resources. 
I mean, it is is vital, and this that sounds like what well, what you're going to have for us. But what I love is that you're utilizing a digital platform. I mean, that is what we've all learned is useful in today's society. But you're wanting to point them to the local church, and that's ultimately where all of this needs to point us in that in that same direction. But I want to just take a moment or two to talk about students and sharing their faith and their faith stories through the process of. Uh, being on an online platform of some sort. And so I know that that you mentioned in a conversation before about how you'd started sharing some of your devotionals through Facebook. What did that look like? So um, several years ago, I think it was probably like around 2015, maybe. I can't remember, but um, I thought, okay, I'm going to start reading uh, the Bible from Genesis and I'm going to continue reading. And and as we know, the Bible is not laid out in chronological order. We know it's it's organized by subject matter. But I thought I'm going to read it, and every like as I go through, I'm going to really like intensely read it and study it out and soap. You know, you guys know the acronym. I'm going to soap through the Bible. I'm going to figure out how does this apply to my life. I'm going to really study through it. And so I got from Genesis all the way to Judges. And by the time I got to Judges, man, it just felt like it was today's world. And, you know, the big theme of Judges is they did that which was right in their own eyes, which meant it was wrong in God's eyes. And how much of the world looks like that today? And I just, I was very convicted about what I was reading. And I thought, I'm just going to start sharing that. So I used Facebook as a platform because it was something I checked, you know, every morning. And so I just started sharing what I knew on Facebook. So whatever my quiet time was that morning, whatever reflection I shared it on Facebook and the Lord would allow me to share some type of personal story. So I've always kind of said, you know, what I'm doing, what I'm writing, it's just my story for his glory. And that's how he's using it. And that's what he wants to do with everyone. We all have a story. There's all these events, all these things that have happened in our lives and and God can use it for good. We know that scripture out of Romans. And so how can he use it? So I started sharing it on Facebook and Brother Luis Ortega from LifeWord came to our church to share about LifeWord, and we took him out to lunch afterwards, and uh, he and his family, and then they added me as a friend on Facebook, and he started reading these posts that I was doing every morning, and he shared that with our LifeWord writer at the time, Holly Merriweather, who now writes full-time for missions, but um, she called me, and she said, how would you like to, to write for LifeWord and for your devotionals to be read all over the world. And I thought, well, who wouldn't want that? You know, that's awesome. So I was super excited about that. Um, and I just said, hey, yeah, however you want to use it, use it. I'll Whatever you need me to do, just let me know. I'll keep doing it. So I became a blog writer for LifeWord. So everything that I shared on Facebook they were able to use in a devotional, um, but also just the people, the connections that I've made throughout the years, you know, people on Facebook. And I would have people that seriously, I had no idea that they even knew who Jesus was. And they would comment and they'd say, I'd really needed this today. Or, you know, thank you for sharing this part of your story or because I'm pretty transparent on there. I'm you know, that's a big relational part. You know, you have to open yourself up and, you know, we are not perfect people. And just because I have Jesus as my savior does not mean that I live a perfect life. I aspire to do that. I want to do that. He says, be ye holy because I'm holy. So I I want to do that, but it doesn't always look like that. And so I make mistakes and I want people to see how can 
God used that even for his glory. So I use Facebook because I'm, I'm about to be 40. Let's just be honest. So I'm getting a little older and it's a, Facebook is a little bit older for people, right? So, um, or for older people. So the thing is, there's a lot of platforms that are out there. You know, there's Facebook, there's Instagram. This is nothing new. There's a lot of stuff that's out there for people to use. And so, you know, I just think, what story has God given you? I mean, he has, he's done some great things in your life and continues to do great things. So how can, how can you share that with others? Some people are super scared to share face to face. I get it. You know, there's all these things that we worry about, especially students in today's world. You know, there's, there's so many things that they're concerned about and worried about. And well, how can they share? What platform are they on or are they in that they can share about the Lord with other students, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter or what used to be known as Twitter. I don't even know what it's called anymore and TikTok. And I mean, there's all these avenues. Um, they're video gamers. You know, they can share the gospel in that way. They're, whether on a sports team, whatever their platform is, they can use that to bring God glory, but they have to choose to do it. This is a question, and this is a question for you as well, Chris. We've we've got students who, well, society is saying, "Hey, you want to be famous," you know that there is that, and that's a, that can be a very sinful motivation for our students to to be on any sort of platform. How do we help our students navigate that? Um, they're wanting to share their faith, and they're wanting to be on on their platform and to to gain followers. How do we help them navigate that issue of personal fame? No, that's a great question. I don't know if I have a a full answer to that. Just some thoughts that swirl through my head when it comes to, and and I I fall short when it comes to using digital media for for the glory of God. Uh, And but but I know that 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 there is a, a real avenue for that. And I think what I would say is what's needed. Is just a just a real look, a real view of of a person's true relationship with Christ. And, and so, what I mean by that is, I think we've probably all seen those uh, those particular Instagram posts or Facebook posts or wherever it is of just like this. It almost looks like a stock photo. I mean, it's the coffee's just right, the the highlighter, you know, and the and the nice little you know doodle in the in the margin is 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 just on point. I mean, it's just like picturesque. I mean, this is hey, spent time with Jesus this morning, you know, and and it's like okay. Good job, but I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? And so, that for me, I have and I have a little bit of a can have a little bit of a cynical nature either anyway, and so I've got to be careful with that. But I think you get what I'm saying. Like, we don't need pictures of perfection. We we need we need real life um, interaction, and, and that's what Yolanda is talking about here is being transparent. And so, and I think when we think about the just the digital platforms that are out there. What's interesting to me is you've got, of course, all the ones that have already been mentioned, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all this kind of stuff. But then most recently you have one called Be Real, where it's just, it's just this idea of, you know, just take a, take a picture of just a real life shot. Right. And so to me, it just, it just, it shows just a little bit more how people crave just 
just real life glimpses, you know, and, and like we were talking about this before we, we, we hit record, you know, just like on YouTube, one of the reasons we gravitate towards certain people is because it feels like they're letting us into their real life. You mm, know? Yeah. And so, yeah. man, we don't need stock photos that give this person, you know, this uh, persona of perfection. We need to we need to show real life, and I, I would say for uh, I don't even know if I'm hitting close to your question, Dan, but like for uh, for anybody, but especially for a teenager who who wants to make an impact in the digital world, I, I would say first and foremost, man, be be sold out for Christ where you are. Be be an active part of your church. Um, don't just be an attender. Be I mean, be an active part, yeah, yeah. Um, and and start start you know. When you post, it's not something you really have to think about so much as much as this is just my life. This is just what's going on. I mean, this is me being being real. And and at that point, something Jesus said in John 13 comes to mind where he says, you know, a, a new commandment I give to you to love one another as I've loved you. So are you to love one another? And, and by this, by your love for one another, the whole world will know that you are my disciples. Right. Um, and so when we actively and authentically are loving one another, right, within the context of a church, within the context of a community, and then outward, and, 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 and then our digital platforms reflect that in a very real way, I, I believe that makes a, a huge impact for um, the cause of Christ and for the glory of God. And, and you're right, though, we have to be careful with this idea of building our own platform, building our own brand, if you will. And Jesus, he, he talked to that as well. And this is something I'm always very, I try to be careful with and I'm just aware of. But, it, you know, he talked about, uh, he, he pointed out the Pharisees. You know, he said, look at the Pharisees. They stand on street corners. They wear this certain garb. They, you know, even when they are fasting, you know, they, they put on a look so that people know that they're fasting. In other words, all they want is attention for them, right? Yes. They want people to hear what they're saying, to look and see what they're doing. And, and, and Jesus says, like, they've got their reward, right? In other words, they want the attention of people. They got it, you know? And, and it's, it's worth about that much, right? Just, just a little flicker in the dark and it's not worth anything at all. He said, but rather you, you don't be like them. Instead, when, when you pray to your father, go to him in secret, right? Um, and in other words, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Um, and, and so it's this idea that, you know, we don't do things for, for public um, and personal fame, Rather, we, we do everything for the fame of Christ. And so, uh, yeah, and, and, and balancing that gets to the motive of each person's heart. And, and that's where um, it's so important that uh, we are, are spending time with Christ on a, on a regular basis and making sure that we're following him and not just trying to get a bunch of followers ourselves. Absolutely. Well, I know with with students and as we stand before them, as we encourage them, as we help them and that's important. I think it's also important that we realize that as as youth pastors, there's this desire that I see a lot of those that want to create their not just their platform, but a name and so that they can speak at more camps or D now weekends or what whatever the case is, and just this desire that should be in our heart, this desire to be authentic, to be real, to be focused on Christ. Yolanda, before we wrap up today, let me ask you, what else would you say to students who are wanting to utilize one of these platforms for Christ? 
honestly, uh, a lot of it goes along with what Chris was saying, because, you know, our pride can really get the best of us. And especially in this world of digital and, um, you know, making a name for yourself, obviously that can definitely, you know, jump into things. But taking time to reflect daily on who who is the one who should receive credit? Where do you give credit when you share things? I think all of us struggle with that, even, you know, people who have been in the word for a long time. You know, I think they still struggle with that, too, you know, because pride is one of those things we all will have that we'll struggle with. But giving glory to where it's due, um, really taking the time to reflect that. And instead of sharing like, this is what I did um, or, you know, look at me. Instead, you're sharing this is what God has done. And like Chris said, you know, our our platform should be a mirror of what our life is. So who am I when the phone's not on? Who am I when the camera's not pointed at me? You know, those types of things. Just knowing, do I always live with integrity? Do I always uh, do the right thing when no one's looking, when the camera's not on? What am I, am I posting? What's my point? What's my desire for posting this? Is it because I just want to share what I've learned? Is it because I'm trying to call somebody out? You know, like, what's the point in all of this? You know, is it to make me like Chris said, I mean, it's perfect. He hit the nail on the head. I mean, so much goes back to what the Pharisees were doing. And, you know, it's hard to find. It's a fine line. But Facebook can be used or any digital platform can be used for a lot of bad things. But we can take the opportunity to use it for something good and to change that. And the Lord said, we're, you know, let's go where the people are to go. And so where are the people? <laughs> they're on their phones, you know, they're on social media. So that's kind of the thing is how, how do we, how do we connect with them and how, how do we uh, share with them uh, the truth and not just the mask that we might put on, um, but how do we share the truth with them? And so it's tough in, in this age with kids. It really is. That's tough. But I would just highly encourage them to really reflect and say, you know, what's my purpose? Why, why am I posting this on here? And who should really receive this glory? Encouraging and exhorting our students to engage in the culture is always going to be valuable. And uh, the digital platforms that are out there, that's where the people are. And so helping them navigate that in a godly manner, in a, in a way that is going to honor Christ is important. So learn more about that as you go through your day, um, as you go through the week, uh, spend some time, listen to some things that are out there. Just recently, I had a chance to listen to a blog by the Gospel Coalition talking about gaming and how that's in, impacting our students um, and young men, especially and, but this is also another area that can be used for the glory of God. You mentioned it yourself, Yolanda, uh, about uh, Twitch streams and things like that where people can share the gospel. So it's a platform, uh, but all of it needs to be real and it needs to be Christ-focused. And we want to encourage our students in that way. Well, Yolanda, if a, someone wants to get a hold of you and find out more about LifeWord or about the work that you're, you're currently involved in um, towards discipleship, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can always just visit our website, which is lifeword.org, or they're welcome to shoot me an email. It's Yolanda at lifeword.org. And I know it's a weird name. So my name is spelled <laughs> Y-A-L-A-N-D-A. So my parents tried to be a little bit different, you know. So, uh, but anyway, Yolanda at lifeword.org. They're welcome to email me. 
and I'd, I'd love to chat with them about what we're doing at LifeWord. There's some exciting, exciting things that are happening. And, and there's some really cool shows and blogs and stuff that we've got that you can use resources that people can use um, that would be helpful for their students. Um, so and students can use too. So Yolanda, my wife's name is Temple. So there's never a, an unusual name that I run across anymore. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, my sister, she kind of tops the, the the charts there. Her name is Echo Breeze. So. Oh, wow. I okay. know. <laughs> I know. That- it's, it's very unique. I don't know where they came up with it, but my it's Echo Breeze. And then my name is Yolanda Brooke. And then my brother got Chris. So. I don't know what happened. Go, <laughs> you go got a basic breeze. name. <laughs> I, I got to ask right quick before we finish. Does she go by Echo? Does yeah. she, what does she go by? Okay, just she goes does. by Echo. She, does. she okay. goes by Echo. I get, you know, my parents, they grew up kind of in the uh, hippie days, you know, or something. Yeah. And so I have a cousin who's Misty Dawn, a cousin who's Windy Day. Then we've got Echo Breeze. And then, Echo Breeze. Yeah, Yolanda means flower. So like a flowering brook and yeah anyway then chris I was wondering, are, you, are you from a native american you know background i mean it sounds like you know that's where this blonde hair and blue eyes comes from i yeah, think this. Really, but i don't know they've told me i'm like eighth cherokee <laughs> yeah all right well isn't everybody <laughs> yeah good yolanda thank you so much for being with us today really enjoyed this well, thanks for having me. I, I have really just enjoyed getting to share um, about some cool things going on at LifeWord and um, just maybe how we can reach students in a better way. And just to encourage students today that and youth pastors that uh, we're praying for them. And we know that this is a tough world to navigate and that Lord, the Lord has said that he's overcome this world. So we have that to, to know and, and um, we have a hope uh, through him. And so that's super exciting. And we just thank everybody for, for what they're doing. Well, listener, thank you so much for joining us today as we've continued the conversation about student ministry. And we've talked about some ways that you can encourage your students to share their story for His glory. Um, we do all of these things. We do them all because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.